Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is season one, episode four of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, and I'm privileged today to welcome back my guest, Naomi Langford Archer from Gut Nutrition. Hi, Naomi. How are you doing today? Hi there, Darren. Yeah, very well, thank you. And yourself? Yes, very well, thank you. So um, just as a reminder for our listeners, Naomi was actually the first person on episode one of the podcast, and uh, she came on to talk about the importance of gut nutrition, understanding your gut, talking about um, our gut being almost like the second brain. Um, And following on from that, I've actually now had a gut nutrition test so what we're going to be talking about today are some of the things that were found in my test, uh, and Naomi's going to be um, taking us through that. So I'll leave it, leave, leave it to you, Naomi. Okay, great. Okie doke. So, um, yeah, so this stool analysis, it's a really comprehensive stool test, um, and it breaks down the different areas that we're looking at quite nicely. Okay. So... Um, I've got the test open in front of me here, so I'm just going to go through it um, from the top. Okay. So in your test, Darren, it's showing the first thing we're looking at is um, are the healthy bacteria that are living within within your gut. Yeah. So it breaks this down into the healthy bacteria and the not-so-healthy bacteria. Okay, Um, so... So when you say healthy and non-healthy bacteria, are they classified in any way? Are they what, sorry? Are they classified in any way? So bad bacteria has a certain name or good bacteria has a certain name? Or is it There's just good so and bad? many different names, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. The good thing about your test is that there aren't any, we call them dysbiotics, there aren't any nasty or dysbiotic bacteria living there. Right, Okay. Um, however, there aren't that many healthy bacteria living there either. So, yeah, so we expect to see a cert- some certain species. And I'm just going to mention two of those species that we expect to see. Okay. So you may have heard of bifidobacterium. I haven't, but uh, okay. yeah. So bifidobacterium and lactobacillus. These are two, the main two different phylums or species of bacteria um, that we find in um, like fermented foods, fermented drinks and probiotics as well. Right. Okay. These are like the really important two that we need our gut to be kind of quite full of to keep us healthy. Okay. Um, And the levels of healthy bacteria are rated on a scale of one to five. Right. So your bifidobacterium and lactobacillus bacterium are coming up at a one. Right. So we could definitely increase that. Okay. And what are the, what are the general ways that, uh, that we can increase that in the gut, i.e. what things can I do to, to improve that? Okay, so we can feed this bacteria so they can populate. So we need to make sure that we've got a healthy diet. Okay. 
So when I say healthy diet that feeds the gut bacteria, I'm talking about a diet that's high in fiber. Right, okay. And that fiber has to really just come from vegetables. So I'm not talking about your brown flakes. Right, okay, yeah. Or your brown bread. I'm talking about fiber from vegetables. That's interesting because from my perspective, without the information from this test, I assumed that I was having all of the vegetables that I needed to have um, in my diet. So I would make sure I'd have at least one or two portions a day. Um, Admittedly, they were the sulfurous vegetables, I think if that's how you pronounce it. So there were a lot of green vegetables um, and very rarely would I have anything other than green vegetables. Okay. Well, that might answer our questions then as to why your levels are quite low. Okay. So when, when we're looking at the vegetables, we need to be eating actually all the different colours of the vegetables. Right, okay. Because the different coloured vegetables feed the different species of bacteria. Right. So I know I said we were looking mainly at the bifidobacterium bacterium and the lactobacillus, but you do have other bacteria in there as well. Right, and actually, okay. this particular one is a four plus. So when I said we're rating them on a scale of one to five, this one's a four. Okay. So that bacteria is probably living off your green vegetables. Okay, okay. So there's an imbalance then really in, in the, the, my vegetable intake. Exactly. So how, does that, how would that then translate into my overall health? Because as, on a day-to-day basis, I feel very healthy, I'm very active. You know, I don't seem to kind of remember having any kind of negative side effects. Yeah. And you may not, but it, it can. The bacteria can improve your health somewhat, and also, you know, you're you're not old. You're quite young, um, but as we go through life, and we need our immune system to be there to support us even more. Right. It's really important to have these healthy bacteria. Um, they also help to create and produce vitamins. So they feed on the fiber, and as a byproduct, they produce vitamins and also anti-inflammatory compounds which is really important as well for the aging process yeah so so that's that's an interesting point what you said there about vitamins because over recent years i've supplemented with vitamins but essentially what you're saying there is that i don't necessarily need to do that if i've got a balanced gut if i'm having a balanced um, amount of vegetables in my diet i've got a balanced amount of fiber in my diet then I wouldn't necessarily need to have those supplements. No, not at all. If you're eating like the, a rainbow of vegetables, so all the different colours of the um, the rainbow in vegetable terms, and um, you've got a healthy bacteria levels in your gut, then you yeah. could be okay. I mean, we all need supplementation now and then. Um, but, yeah, if you should be able to get that just from your vegetables. Okay. All right, cool. So on the fiber side of things then, mm-hmm. um, can you give me a little bit more information on that? Because obviously you said, you know, there's fiber in vegetables, but I would imagine that there's, you know, a differing uh, level of fiber in different types of vegetables. So you can kind of give us a, you know, you talk about the rainbow, but is there kind of a different color vegetable that has more fiber than the other? And Okay. So, yeah, we're looking at all the different colors. Um, so, um all vegetables have got fiber in okay 
So green vegetables are great, yep. So you've got your broccoli, your kale, spinach, leeks are very, leeks and onions are very fibrous. Okay. Um, And then we're looking at your purple vegetables. So we're looking at beetroot, red cabbage, blueberries as well. Um, And then orange, we're looking at kind of squash, carrots, orange peppers. And, you know, we go on like this. So it's literally all the different colours. And all those different colours, they contain different what we call phytonutrients. And the phytonutrients are the food and the antioxidants and the vitamins that we need. We need a complete array of these. Yeah. Um, And we can only get that through diet. So vitamin, the definition of a vitamin is something that we have to actually, the body cannot make itself. Ah, okay. Do actually take it in. Um, the bacteria will produce byproducts, so they will produce B12 and certain other B vitamins as well. Mm-hmm. But that's the bacteria producing those. With the body, we're not actually producing those ourselves, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, that that, that makes perfect sense. And I actually didn't realise that bit of, that was the definition of vitamin, so that's actually quite mm-hmm. quite useful. Yeah. So, so yeah, increasing your fibre intake through vegetables is absolutely key to okay. increasing your healthy bacteria level. And the other thing with that as well, if we just go a little bit further down the test results, um, we're looking, we're now looking at yeasts. So yeast, okay. yeast is a certain type of fungus, um, and everyone will have like a low level of yeast within the gut, but that's at a low level. What happens is the bacteria produce certain, um, like a, a certain acidic environment that the yeast can't grow in very well. Right. So by having a healthy level of um, bacteria, it helps to downregulate the yeast overgrowth. Okay. Whereas in what we're seeing in your stool analysis is that we're seeing quite a high level of yeast. And that I would expect to see that with a low level of healthy bacteria anyway. So what we need to do is just increase the healthy bacteria and then the yeast will drop off because, yeah, it's um, it's just a balance, really. Yeah, and that would make sense. And, and whilst I said that I don't necessarily have any health symptoms, one thing that I do notice that if I eat something which is out of the ordinary of my diet and which which I would deem to be unhealthy. So, for example, if I was to have an alcoholic drink or if I was to have maybe, you know, an Indian takeaway that was quite spicy, it does feel like my gut starts to ferment um, stuff that's in my stomach because I'm just full of gas. So with that, is that is there any correlation between that, between what you've just said and, and you know, what I've said around eating something out of ordinary uh, in my diet? Yeah. Um, I mean, some people have food sensitivities. Um, so that, you know, for I mean, milk is a classic. Some people can't tolerate milk and it can make them gassy and bloated. But from what you've just said, and with the yeast in mind, yeah. absolutely the yeast do feed off, uh, will feed off the food that you eat. And as a byproduct, they produce gas. Right. So it makes you, it can make you feel quite bloated and it can make you quite gassy from either end. So absolutely, yeah, that, that is very common with the yeast overgrowth. Okay. All right. So, so I need to, to kind of get some better bacteria into my, into my stomach, into my diet. 
So we've talked about fiber, but fiber is different to bacteria as, as far as I understand it. Is it or is it not? Yeah, no, it is different. So the fiber is something which we call prebiotic. Okay. So prebiotic is basically just food for the bacteria. So right. bacteria supplementation um, is called a probiotic. So that is the actual bacteria. The probiotic, okay. and then prebiotic is the food for it. Right. Okay. So the prebiotic. So in the in the kind of general food industry or advertising and stuff like that, you always see these things kind of like yakko and all that kind of stuff. Is that what you mean, or is it is it something? Is that just a manufactured kind of not that great option? Um, yeah, so Yakult will contain a certain amount of probiotics, so it's a certain amount of healthy bacteria, but it's at such a low level. Okay. Um, so you're actually better to have something like make your own kefir. Okay. Or you can buy kefir. Yep. Um, or have other fermented foods such as sauerkraut. Yep. Or kimchi as well is really great. That's a spicy Korean um fermented vegetable right okay um so these are ways you can increase your healthy bacteria just through your diet um there's also a drink called kombucha which is a fizzy fermented tea and that contains lots of healthy bacteria so yeah um there's there's great ways of getting healthy bacteria in through the diet right that coupled with eating lots of fiber will help the bacteria to grow on their own. So even if you're just having fiber through yes. all these different colored vegetables and you're not having any funky foods such as sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff, you know, yeah. and kombucha, you're just having lots of different vegetables, that alone will repopulate your gut bacteria. Okay. And in terms of time frames, when we start to introduce these back into our diet, what generally is the, is the time frame in which the, these foods would have an, a positive effect on the gut? Um, quite quickly, um, it would obviously depend on what state your gut's in to begin with. So if you've been taking any, um, antibiotics within the last couple of years, then it's going to take, it's going to take longer for you because antibiotics actually kill off the healthy bacteria as well. Right. It does depend on the person, Mm -hmm. but looking at your results here, I would say, okay, let's give this three months. Yep. to really follow, you know, a healthy gut healing protocol. And then it would be quite good to actually retest and see what the levels are. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think you and I have already discussed that's what I'd like to do, just to yeah. make sure that, um, yeah, the changes that I make have a positive impact. Yeah, exactly. But it does depend on person to person. But, you know, you can see an effect in your gut within a couple of weeks just by changing right. your things. So it doesn't need to be, you know, months and months. Okay, great. So um, is that all that's contained in the report or are there any other things that um, that, that need to be, uh, I need to be aware of? Um, there's a few other things that have flagged up as well. Um, I won't go into all the detail, but I'll just mention one other thing. Okay. Um, is the inflammation. So, sorry, not the inflammation, the um short chain fatty acids which is looking at the anti-inflammatory sort of molecules yeah um so these short chain fatty acids are a byproduct 
of bacteria fermentation. So by that I mean the bacteria eat the fiber that you you know you ingest through your diet. So they eat that fiber from the vegetable and then they produce a, a short chain fatty acid. That short chain fatty acid is incredibly important to the gut but also to the rest of the body because it's an anti-inflammatory particle. So it keeps right, inflammation okay. in the gut down. Um, and your levels are looking very quite low, and that goes hand in hand with the fact that you've got a low level of healthy bacteria and okay. you're not eating an array of vegetables. Right. Okay. So that's unbalancing um yeah, unbalancing the gut and, um, uh, and inflammation. Would that then say that I do have higher levels of inflammation or lower levels of inflammation? Within your gut, the inflammation markers are also shown on here and your inflammation markers are fine. They're really low. Okay, okay. So is that a good thing, though, that they're low? I mean, a lot of these, you know, um, markers, it's good if you're kind of midway rather than being high or low in one way or another. With inflammation, you want it to be as low as you can. Okay, okay. And and there's been a lot of talk in the diet and nutrition world around proteins and animal-based proteins um, causing inflammation in the body. Um, and I've been very conscious of this for a little while now and, and, and actually have kind of tailed back and been following a kind of plant-based diet, for even for protein, and just having, you know, maybe every couple of weeks one piece of, of red meat but the majority of my diet has been plant-based and fish-based so i'm assuming that's something w that would have a positive effect on the inflammation markers yeah absolutely um it's really difficult when it comes to meat because um i mean i eat meat so i'm a big fan of a meat yeah. diet um but it's the sort where you source it from is what's important right so yeah. if you're getting if you're eating meat, I really strongly advise buying organic grass fed meat. Yeah. Um, where you can, it just comes at a bit of a price. So it does, yeah. Like you say, if you just have meat a couple of times a week, then just make sure the meat that you're sourcing is a really good quality and the rest of your meals are mainly, you know, vegetarian based. Um but yes, there's lots of meat that will increase inflammation within the body. Yeah, I think I think the source of where the meat comes is a good point, and I think unfortunately us as consumers are led to believe that you know the the stuff that's on the supermarket shelves is 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 all packaged nicely and, and it's all come from a good place. Where the, the, the sad reality of it is that in order for the supermarkets to provide the volume that they need to provide, they have to get it from sustainable sources. And that unfortunately doesn't always mean organic and grass fed, but it could mean, you know, meat that, and animals which are, are, are reared to, to, to obviously to, for that kind of process. And therefore, in order to do that in a sustainable way, they need to have a certain volume, which means that, you know, they have to feed the cattle and stuff with perhaps stuff that they shouldn't be eating. And obviously that then translates right back into us when we eat that, that food. So I think that's, um, something which people are not perhaps aware of. And obviously the other thing is, like you said, is price. You know, people are very price sensitive. But you make a good point. If you tailor your diet such that, you know, you're only eating red meat or meat once or twice a week, then you can perhaps afford to have that 
that, that, that meat that's a little bit more expensive. And also, you know, once you understand that, you understand why the meat is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just to add to that, it's also the drugs and the antibiotics these animals have been given too. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going organic, then you don't get that as well. No, absolutely. And, and that further affects our gut bacteria. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so have we got any anything else that, we, that I should be aware of in there? Um, well, we can talk a little, about a, a little bit about your immunology marker, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So this is your um, secretory immunoglobulin A. So it's got a very long one. Um, and this is this is the first line of defense in the body. Yeah. So if you think about your gut, so it goes from your, your mouth to your anus, and it's just one long digestive tract, which is covered in a mucous membrane. Right. It's open to the outside world. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that protects it is, is this layer of mucus and this secretory immunoglobulin A. Okay. Um, so it's really the first line of defense. It, it guards the um it guards the internal part of your body so if you like the bloodstream from anything nasty kind of going getting um inside and causing inflammation within the rest of the body um we want this marker to be balanced so this is a marker we're looking at that we want to be sort of midway because we don't want it too low because then it means your immune system is not going to be working as effectively as it could be yeah but we also don't want it to be really high because if we have a really high um, immune system, which is always on guard and always on the lookout for something, yep. it can actually cause um, an autoimmune condition. Right. Okay. So this is where the body can start actually attacking cells that are healthy. So, for example, um, maybe if we just relate it to the to the gut directly. Somebody with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, for example, you would expect to see a very high secretory IgA because their their inter their insides are actually starting to attack their own body cells. Right. Okay. Okay. It can be high if you've got an infection or you've been ill for a period of time. Um, it, it will be raised. So we're looking at it to be around sort of the 150 mark. Okay. With the reference range being 50 to 200. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yours is coming up at 647. Wow. So it is quite high. Okay. So your immune system is on really high alert. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking myself, why is that because of a recent infection? Right. Um, is it, if we got some sort of underlying autoimmune condition brewing, uh -huh. um, is it the fact that we've had, um, I don't know, maybe you've been on antibiotics? I don't know. So these are questions we need to ask each other. I need to ask yeah. you to find out yeah. as to why this, this um, secretory IgA is so high. I mean, one of the, the first comments that I would make is that, you know, I do train a hell of a lot. So, I don't know whether that could be attributed to it and the fact that, you know, I'm not, I've not got my diet necessarily dialed in for my body to cope with the amount of stress and strain that I'm putting it through on a daily basis. Is, could that be something that's related to it? 
Actually, it's completely the opposite. With stress, stress actually reduces your secretory IgA. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'd be looking at the family history, seeing, or oh, are there any sort of autoimmune conditions in the family? Yeah. Um, and if there are, then we'd be digging deeper and doing probably a few more tests just to rule out anything else. Okay. Um, yeah. But but with this with this marker, once we understand that, you know, mm-hmm. from what you're saying though, it's easy then to start bringing that back down once we understand what the root cause of it is. Exactly, it's finding out the root cause of it, and then it's bringing everything back into balance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for me this is very interesting because, you know, generally we only get involved in tests and seeing doctors and things like that when we've actually got condition. Um, but for me, this is interesting because I feel fine, fit and healthy, but clearly there's something that's going on there that's underlying that maybe hasn't triggered yet. And, and the benefits for me is that I can now do something about, about this before you know it gets to the point where I have to go and see a doctor, or I have to go and have tests, or I have to have medication. So I think this is a very valuable for me. Um, personally and I think it would be very valuable for for other people because it's you know prevention is better than cure absolutely and that's exactly yeah hit the nail on the head there completely yeah exactly what he's doing yeah Um, yeah I mean so this that that was the reason that after um for the benefit of the listeners why I spoke to Naomi after the, the first interview and I decided to have the gut health test because you know with the with the age of of technology and information that we have available to us now I think we are at in you know no um, better time than we have been in in the past to to be able to really and there's this whole term around biohacking and hacking your health and, and things like that, but actually really understand on a deeper level what our bodies are doing and what our bodies um, are coping with and stresses and strains and actually you know deal with that before we end up with issues and 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 in some cases you know, before you end up in an issue that you can't then reverse. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it's massively, massively valuable. So um, is, there, is there anything else, Naomi, or is that is that the, the, the biggest bombshell that you've got? No, I think that's about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, there's a quite a few things we can work on there, definitely, to improve yeah. your gut health. Um, yeah, so um, on that, you've, you've already given me some... Um, You've already given me a report that's actually got a load of stuff on there that I can can start to use. So, for example, Naomi has um, recommended that I start to use um, the fermented foods. Um, and so I've started to use sauerkraut. Uh, I've got some kimchi uh, and I'm about to make my first batch of kefir as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think all of that is really, really positive. You know, simple, simple stuff as well, which I think is really valuable, is, you know, the, the colours of the rainbow, the vegetables. I mean, how many people actually, A, think about eating different vegetables and, B, what's really kind of fixed it in my mind is just making sure that I'm eating the rainbow. So when you look at your plate, well, have I got the colours of the rainbow on my plate? No, but I'm not having a, a, a balanced meal from a vegetable fibre perspective. So they're really that, – that, it all sounds very simple, but it, and, and it is, but it's very straightforward. But equally, I think it's very, very effective. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be complex at all. Yeah. Um, and I think if people listening to this, if they just – if you just start with having five different vegetables a day – Yeah. 
Um, so not just five vegetables, but five different vegetables. And that will make such a big impact, not only to your gut health, but to the rest of your health as well. Yeah. It will also be supporting your immune system too. So that would be my best place to start. So just increase your range of vegetables and try having five different ones a day. Yeah, I think that's that's really great advice. So before we uh, wrap it up, Naomi, is there anything that I uh, didn't ask you which you feel I should have done that would benefit the listeners? Um, only, I suppose, that obviously when some things have flagged up in this report, so we, we've already spoken about this, Darren, but I am getting a few more tests done just to rule out a few different things. Yeah. So. You know, if something is flagged up in the gut health test, it's I will always and it's always really important to try and figure out why that is there. Why is that high? Why is that low? Yeah. Um, and, you know, then take the plan that's that step further so we can actually tackle the root cause of what's going on. And I think that, that that's really key as well. You know, this is, it's all very well doing the test. It's all very well doing the data. But all of this is kind of pointless if you don't do anything about it. And like we've just said, you know, a lot of the stuff is quite simple and straightforward. Yes, I'm going to have some some, some further tests, but I, I kind of love all this kind of stuff. So, you know, for, for me, anywhere where I can make these slight little adjustments or improvements, which will improve my overall health, I'm going to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that's uh, that's great. So, Naomi, if uh, people listening to this really like the idea of doing a gut health test um where's the best place for them to go uh, and start okay well if you visit my website which is www.gutnutrition.co.uk um and on the home page page i'm actually offering 30 minute free health consultations okay um, and then I can talk to you about, you know, any concerns or issues you have and then make sure that the, the gut health test is the way to go for you. Yeah. And then we can go from there. So just visit my website, book in for a free call and we can take it from there. Perfect. And like I said on uh, episode one as well, do follow Naomi on social media because um, she doesn't just put cat images out. She puts some very, very valuable images about nutrition, gut nutrition and health um so yeah i follow you avidly on instagram and uh, yeah you put some great content out so thank you very much again naomi for your uh time uh, i really do appreciate it and uh, i'll look forward to speaking to you again soon great thank you darren cheers take care bye bye thanks for listening to the fitter healthier dad podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. 